Hey everybody, this is Diana Stemkowski of Decision Small and Large with Diana Podcast. This week, I'll be talking more about the different kinds of emotions, and I'm going to put those in two different categories. One would be energizing emotions. The other category would be energy-depleting emotions. So I'm offering these as to compare and also to provide us with choices. Um, I'm going to be talking today about uh, indulgent emotions, which are energetically depleting. And they are emotions that are very comfortable to us. Indulgent emotions don't get us where we want to go. So I will be talking a little bit more about that to clear that up. Um, So just to start that if we want to develop this relationship with our emotions in the moment, uh, we are looking at them on a daily basis. We're figuring out if we want to have these emotions and recognizing that we can create different ones by thinking different things. So indulgent emotions, and I'll give you some examples, um, would be shame, doubt, confusion, um, there are in some cases self-loathing, self-pity, uh, being very busy, tired, exhausted. Um, and I will make the distingu- distinction between physically tired and mentally tired. Um, but the, the most common ones that I see in myself and in my clients are doubt, the fear, anxiety, confusion. So... And I would also include for this purpose, too, because I'm going to be talking about entitlement, um, guilt, and resentment. And these are all the not-so-great feelings we go to as humans. I mean, these are all comfortable, so we indulge in them. We like to stay in them because they're comfortable and familiar. Um, They're so ingrained because of our beliefs we may have been nurturing for years in some cases. Um, The purpose that they serve for us is protecting us from more painful and uncomfortable thoughts and beliefs. And I have an example of that coming up. So just know indulgent emotions, these energy depleting emotions don't move us toward what we want. So our ability to succeed in achieving our goals, uh, reaching, uh, having a life that we want to have, is in direct proportion to our ability to be uncomfortable, to experience all the feelings that are available to us as humans every day. If we can balance these indulgent emotions with ones that are more positive and fueling, like excitement and determination, purpose, satisfaction, desire, we will keep moving toward our goals. There's a big difference, going back to tired and feeling exhausted, There's a big difference between telling yourself you're tired from being busy all day physically and moving toward your goal and the mental tiredness that we feel from resisting what we said we would do today. So being tired from showing up, that satisfying sense of tiredness. We we show up, we, we start producing Uh, We create things in the world that we want to create that will get us what we want. Um, We we take care of business. We feel good. 
But if we're resisting what we're doing for the day, that also gives us the sense of exhaustion because we're, our, we're, our thoughts are mentally tiring. Meaning, I don't want to do this. Why did I decide to do this? So these are all sort of thoughts that just lead to this mental exhaustion. It has nothing to do with what we physically did. So another example of this too is procrastination. is one of those indulgent actions. It's Procrastination is made up of uh, different emotions. Um, usually procrastination comes from resisting our fear again, our fears, our own discomfort, and indulging in our own perfectionistic tendencies. We want to get it right. We, if we don't get it right, we're not going to put it out into the world. We're not going to... Uh, if it's not perfect, then I can't put it out. I'm waiting for it to be perfect before I put it something out into the world. So, you know, you can, with both procrastination and um, this tiredness, we're pretending that we're busy. We're saying, I've got so much to do and it's just not possible to do exactly what I want to do today. And as human beings, we love comfort. We love ease. So the, these stories around procrastination and the indulgent emotions, um, we'll buy that story just about every time unless we manage our minds. And procrastination is just a way of feeling. It's a, it's a habitual indulgent act of feeling. Procrastination brings us relief instantly. And so do these other indulgent emotions. It just, it just snaps us out of that discomfort and gives us relief, which is why we like to indulge in it. And we'd rather indulge in confusion than be afraid because that feeling of fear in our bodies is so uncomfortable. We will do just about anything to avoid it, like stay in the confusion, indecision. And it's this nice, soft, swirly, vague place. So remember that all of our feelings come from our thoughts. We can always change how we feel by changing how we think. And one of the best predictors of your results is how you feel right now. So if you were to look at your top three emotions right now, what would they be? And are these, are these emotions that fuel you toward taking steps toward what you want? And... Energy producing emotions that fuel creation, that fuel forward motion, that fuel action uh, would be motivated, disciplined, inspired, fascinated, intrigued, engrossed, attentive, focused, courageous, communicative, cooperative, productive, reliable, dynamic, stable. So many of these energy depleting emotions we indulge in, which I'll talk about in just a second, you know, like I mentioned, our confusion, self-pity, uh, depressed, doubtful, you know, those emotions are choices that we can make. These other options that I gave you are, are emotions that we can choose to, to have. So we want to fuel to create what we want. So I'm giving you some of the more depleting emotions and more of the energizing ones to compare and contrast and see how they feel in your body when you think about them. So once you're aware of how these energy depleting emotions feel in your body, you begin to understand that the reason you're depressed, doubtful, is not because of your results or the lack thereof. It's because of what you're thinking. You can always change your thinking. 
You can always change your patterns of thought in a way that generates the energy you need to create the results that you want. So for today, I'm going to be looking at um, depleting emotions like guilt, entitlement, and resentment. Because for me, guilt showed up this weekend. Uh, resentment is always interesting to observe in my body and, and, and in other people when I coach them. And this entitlement, which is kind of a sneaky one. So, um, you know, to me, it's guilt showed up this weekend. I, I wasn't aware it was guilt until I got coached on Saturday. And I was thinking about my financial goal. And, you know, it sort of felt very disconnected from me. Um, I wasn't, it was not reaping any results toward that goal at all. It felt like I was in a holding pattern and I'm just, you know, kind of judging myself for this holding pattern because I'm surely there are things that I can be doing, you know, changing. And I just wasn't looking at it at all. Um, I think a lot of this numbness that I was feeling around this particular goal of mine, the financial goal for 2021, was that there was something underlying this result that I didn't want to look at. And that was very true. Um, so for me, I recognized for this financial goal for 2021, I had vague thoughts about it. Nothing defined, nothing distinct. Uh, it seemed like a great number, an exciting number to have, to work toward. I mean, it was exciting intellectually, but I noticed that I was not connected to it on an emotional level. So our thoughts create feelings, which fuel our actions, which create our results. So if I have vague thoughts and feelings about a result that I want to create, then I'm not going to have a very direct way to that goal. I'm not going to have a distinct plan or step-by-step -step process because I'm feeling vague and decisive and not connected to it. Does that make sense? So my thoughts and my feelings were not making this goal, this number real for me. So if I'm feeling vague and undecided, I'm not going to take physical or mental actions to get the result that I want. So around this goal, there was a sense of guilt and defeat, which I wasn't aware of until I got coached. And I was looking at my actions to take me to my goal, which is my present goal, which is not <laughs> this number. <laughs> and there were vague actions. There was nothing concrete. There were just, there was a lot of not doing. So when we feel something like an energy depleting emotion like guilt, we hide. We hide from what's going on inside our heads. We avoid our own minds and emotions. We avoid people and situations out of guilt. We will stay small, meaning we are not living to our full potential as human beings. If we stay small, there's less of us to feel guilty about. We stay quiet in the background. Don't draw attention to ourselves because that attention invites maybe scrutiny uh, that it, it, that attention brings focus on our perceived faults as we think other people would see them or other people's reactions to what we have done. And those are all stories that we're building up in our minds. We want to avoid the discomfort of guilt at any cost. And there's that, that numbing quality of guilt that keeps us from the pain. It keeps us from really looking at what actually happened that caused us to have the guilt-inducing thoughts in the first place. The context around our feeling guilty, is that even true? Is it factual or is it just our interpretation of events? 
So we often endure guilt and other energy depleting emotions and go to an unconscious place in our minds. And this provides protection and a soft landing place that feels comfortable and that we stay in. We'd rather not leave it, so we don't, unless there's a really good reason to do so. The emotion I often associate with guilt is disappointment. So we're, we're disappointed in ourselves when we feel guilty. We're disappointed that we didn't live up to our own, and in many cases, someone else's expectations of us. I'm not the person I thought I needed to be. I'm not, I'm not the person I thought I was. I mean, this is pretty painful when confronted we're confronted with it, you know, and guilt becomes a security blanket that protects us from that pain. Disappointment is hidden under that guilt. This guilt cushions us from the pain of all those painful thoughts about what we think we've done or didn't do and from who we thought we were. An antidote to guilt and any indulgent emotions is to own your whole experience of whatever happened, meaning you take responsibility for your what you your thoughts and feelings about whatever happened. You're not taking responsibility for someone else's experience of that same circumstance. It's just your experience. You take your part of it. And you accept that that was the person you were in that moment making those decisions when you didn't do or did something. It's a, it's an interesting process. It can be painful. And that's what happened to me Saturday, feeling all this guilt about my financial goal and some of the beliefs underlying this guilt were I felt I had to pay for my financial success I felt I had to pay this amount of money, my goal, in order to get that goal. And I say that out loud and realize that is totally absurd, illogical, irrational. But that's how my brain works. And I suspect that this is how your brain works. You know, our brains look constantly for, for patterns. You know, and based upon those patterns that they, the, our brains find we can interpret a lot of different things that happen to us in this guilt-inducing way, especially in my case, if guilt is one of those energy-depleting emotions that are so comfortable to us. So this antidote to guilt and to the other emotions that I'm talking about in terms of indulging, indulgent emotions, is to accept the past versions of us, whatever we think we did or didn't do in the past all of our, you know, owning all of our beliefs that make us feel guilty about it, accept and love ourselves anyway. So, you know, to me, I, I'm, I'm, it's easier to accept myself right now. I'm working on loving myself around some of these past decisions that, you know, my thoughts, past thoughts that have created this guilt in me. Um, loving myself is the goal through this. I, I want to feel compassion for these these past versions of me because it's painful. This is torturous, what I've been doing to myself and what you've been doing to yourself with some of these deeper, more painful emotions. It is... <laughs> I don't want to feel 
like torturing myself anymore. So I'm trying to own this experience of this guilt because guilt is a choice. Any emotion is a choice. I know that there's plenty of evidence I can find in my past to be, feel guilty about. But that's the choice. Do I want to feel guilty about these things? You know, why is it necessary for me to feel guilty about these things? And that's that's a lot of what I'm uncovering as I do my own coaching and getting coached around guilt. So I've, you know, it for me, guilt stemmed from my perception of my behavior as being short-sighted, impatient, thoughtless, impulsive. And I've beat myself up a lot about being those things in the past, judging myself harshly for making the decisions I made from this short-sighted, impatient, thoughtless, impulsive place. So, you know, to me, it's like I, I, I feel tremendously or felt tremendously guilty because I wasn't who I thought I was. And that was, you know, I thought I, I thought I was pretty good. I thought I was, you know, a good person. And then I have what I, you know, these flaws, these human flaws. And they were just unbearable to me that I was resisting my humanity. I'll talk more about that in a second. So, you know, guilt is, can be like a lot of emotions can be a vicious cycle I, you know, I think about these past experiences where I, I, you know, my thinking around them makes, I feel guilty, you know, I can choose to look at my past with, like I said, compassion, acceptance, and love, but, you know, our brains are always trying to label things. This is good. This is bad. Good, it means it's harmless. Bad means it's harmful. And our brain doesn't often distinguish between fact and story. You know, it's looking for proof. So we have to, you know, make sure that, you know, what comes up for us around these indulgent emotions, we have to experience those things and get a sense of, you know, was it useful to me in the past, these indulgent emotions? Maybe, because they are protective. Maybe we weren't ready for certain things. And now that we're more aware of how these indulgent emotions don't get us where we want to go, we can let them go. So I think a lot about, when I think about guilt and all these indulgent emotions, it just, to me, I, I think I indulge myself because I don't want to accept that I'm a human being and <laughs> I'm going to make decisions that turn out to be not what I wanted. And... um <laughs> I am a human being and I think that's ultimately the hardest thing to accept is my own humanity, all my flaws, all my limitations without judgment, without trying to cut myself, you know, down. And that has been a recurring theme in the last year and a half about accepting my own humanity, that I am human, that I, I, I make mistakes and I can change my thinking about what I consider my flaws and my limitations, um, working on that. But <laughs> yeah, there's a big part of my brain that absolutely rejects my own humanity. 
So therefore, I will prejudge a lot of my actions and decision making about what I think I deserve. It's it's pretty freaking awful place to be. But there are always options at rec- recognizing some of these patterns and, and looking at emotional states as energy depleting or energizing. So something like guilt is so corrosive. Um, when we are emotionally mature, we can choose what emotions we want feeling us. And guilt usually fuels more guilt than an action. It doesn't feel good. So I think, you know, we have two options. Do I want to go somewhere a goal, a destination, or to want to stay where I am. So if you're listening to this podcast, you want to go forward. There's a part of you that does. So let's look at another emotional experience of an indulgent emotion. And entitlement is not just one emotion. Um, I think it, it entitlement would be feeling entitled to certain things in our lives without having to work for them. We just feel that we are owed strictly because of our emotional experience at that moment. And I I think this is personified in the brat. I shouldn't have to work hard to get this. I deserve to have these things. I deserve to be treated this way, even though I may not be treating others in a similar way. So, you know, I want, uh, I want to avoid discomfort of being where I am now. So I deserve to have, to be put ahead of everybody else. I've done the work, I'm owed comfort and ease and never to feel uncomfortable again. I deserve to be given these things, these more pleasant emotional experiences because I'm me and I deserve it. So (laughs) for a long time, that was me. I was and still am sometimes an emotional child. So emotional childhood means that we're not taking responsibility for our feelings, our thoughts and our feelings. We're expecting others to follow a set of instructions we often unconsciously have for other people. We want other people to act a certain way so we can feel good about ourselves. We are giving away the power of our emotional experience to somebody else when we have those expectations of others. So it's that combination of emotional childhood when we're not taking responsibility and we're expecting other people to do it for us that feeds that entitlement. It's a physically unpleasant sensation for me to feel entitled. And yes, it's a pattern. And yes, it's a pattern I don't want to have anymore. Not quite sure where it started. Probably I was pretty young. I think a lot of it has to has to do with, in childhood, I was trying so hard to adapt myself to other people's expectations and not getting there. So I was trying hard to adapt, trying hard to please all kinds of authority, authority figures in my life that I never felt any sort of power or autonomy about my emotional experience. So, okay. Um, Somewhere in my mind, I was like, well, I'm going to claim it. You're not going to give it to me. I'm going to claim it. I was trying so hard to please other people to be this person that I thought they wanted me to be. Surely I deserve something for that. So as an adult, that's not the most attractive behavior. So when you're demanding, when you're feeling so deserving, you deeply resent that other people are not giving it to you immediately. It's corrosive. So I can't put one emotion for this entitled existence. I think there's three of them that I could think of are deserving, needy, graspy. These are all part of an an entitled experience. And the same for um, the, the antidote for these indulgent emotions is always taking responsibility for your emotional experience. So 
I noticed as soon as I started taking responsibility for my own experience of life with my thoughts and my feelings, I don't feel entitled anymore. It, it, to me, there's such a huge difference to being aware of that nasty feeling of entitlement in my body. So I didn't have it for a long time and it rears its head every once in a while and I can feel it. It's just gross. So even though I, I chose to take responsibility for my feelings, there's always a battle. Not quite as big a battle as there used to be in my brain. Um, meaning I wasn't fighting this idea that my thoughts created my feelings. You know, going counter to surely other people are responsible for my thoughts and feelings. Um, so, you know, that belief was deeply entrenched in me. And, you know, the alternative was taking responsibility, which doesn't sound like a pleasant thing until you really think about if I'm taking responsibility for my, what I create in the world from a feeling standpoint, I can choose on purpose how I want to feel and how I think. And this plays into the results I can create in the world. You know, of course, I'm going to choose to be the creator of my experience. So that felt a lot better. Um, another, going to another depleting emotion is resentment. And I mentioned this before, when we feel entitled, you know, we resent people who don't give us what we want. They're not acting a certain way. They're not doing a certain thing. Um, we resent them for not being the people who deliver to us what we want emotionally or physically immediately. So resentment is also corrosive. Um, when we feel resentment toward other people, we judge them and we disconnect ourselves from them when we have these expectations that they cannot, do not live up to. And this expectation, this resentment causes us to disconnect from people. Um, and we will always be disappointed and resentful of them. We find ourselves lacking because we're not getting that external validation from somebody else. We keep ramping up the cycle of resentment by thinking, you know, you're not doing what I expect you to do. You're not delivering that to me. It's a, it's a cycle that only hurts us. And we, we disconnect from love if we're having expectations and resent other people. Because I think what we're resenting is we're not getting that validation. We're not getting that identity that we are something because people aren't treating this that way. So we, there's an obvious lack that we're feeling in ourselves. We don't feel love or acceptance, uh, purpose, usefulness in ourselves. So we're looking at it from other, to get it from other people. We're looking at what we don't have if we resent. And we're focusing on what we don't have rather than what we do. So I bring up all these things because I think um, if we look at, you know, emotions as, you know, in a neutralized sense, you know, if you buy the idea that my, your thoughts create feelings and you can choose your emotions on purpose, meaning we can fuel those actions and get results, then it's, 
anything is available to us. And remember that life is uh, roughly a 50-50 positive-negative experience. And this is part of that, that basis of how we perceive the world. So when we explore and experience our feelings on purpose, that is freeing. It's liberating. It will, it's available to us to do anything that we want to do if we're willing to explore our emotional landscape on a regular basis. To me, where I am, I, I recognize I have a Monday morning emotional cocktail and my that cocktail consists of doubt, fear, panic, terror, <laughs> depending on what I'm thinking about, um, some judgment, but usually it's countered with, balanced by feelings of excitement and service and passion about coaching and what I can help people with as I coach them. So that cocktail is a weird mixture of my human experience today and usually every Monday. I have a pattern with my Mondays. So I'm willing to drink this cocktail because I know if I can navigate and balance all these feelings and feeling all them all of them at once, and I can keep going toward my goals, I can do anything. I'm not going to be letting discomfort stop me from what I want to do. So one of the things I brought up, and I'll just flesh it out a little bit here, is you know, evaluating your top three feelings every day. Are they, is there a pattern to them? Are these things that come up for you often, even in different circumstances? Are these emotions what you really want to have? And what other emotions, these energizing emotions, do you want to have instead? So I'll leave that with you. Um, thank you for listening. If there are any comments or questions, just please let me know. And I think this is just the beginning of a wonderful experience for you, your emotional experience. <laughs> yes, it can be the best thing possible. And I'd love to explore that with you if you want to give me a shout out and I will help you with it. Until next time, have an incredible week and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>